The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 19 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You can find the website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at Draft Rugby. Now, uh, I'm joined again by the lads, Harry and Nelson, and uh, we're super excited today because whilst we've had some pretty special guests on the podcast before, this is the first time that we've actually had a player on the podcast. And we've started with not only the most important position in rugby, but um, <laughs> someone who is one of the best props in the world. Uh, and look, rather than keep him waiting, uh, we have got, we're joined by Alan Alatoa. Thanks so much for coming on the pod. How are you, Alan? Good, thanks, mate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks for having me. You're looking uh, pretty rugged up there, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. It's cold in Canberra, I'll tell you that much. I was just saying before, mate, it was minus two this morning. You went to do live scrums and live more. So I don't think this weather is something that I could ever get used to. <laughs> no, that's terrible. That's terrible. It took, it took Henry a couple of years, but he, he saw the light and moved to Queensland, didn't he? He saw the yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly right. He tried to grow his afro to keep him warm, mate, but that didn't <laughs> Very good. Well, look, speaking of that, um, you must be, I mean, we're, we're all super pumped to be getting back into rugby. I'm sure uh, so are you, but um, you must be pumped to be getting back into to training, back to training with the boys again. Um, what's, it, what's, the, what's it been like in the COVID-19 kind of time? Kind of, uh, type of environment um how's it been having to train in isolation at home and um and get through that yeah mate, it was um it was challenging at the start um you know i think we we got told after the waratahs game um that we had to go into the isolation and from there we'll split up into groups of five um because that was the requirement there we weren't allowed to train in groups more more, more than five um and we all had to pretty much um, work out at home. So we had a gym set up there, which the Brumbies gave us um, equipment for. Nice. Um, and then we had to just do our runs at a local park. Um, that, that went on for a couple months. Then slowly progressed to um, groups of 10. Yep. Um, which was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then that, that progressed pretty quickly to um, groups of 20. So then we were um, last week, <clears throat> sorry, not last week, the week before we were allowed to train in, um, <coughs> forwards and backs, um, but with no contact, so we weren't allowed to um, tackle or scrum or more at that time. The backs um, aren't used to much contact anyway, are they? Like they? It was like a normal training session. It looked like they were still, <laughs> <laughs> looked like they were still doing the social distancing this morning at their unit session. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but then from there, mate, um, last, last week was all go. You know, it was, um, we were allowed to do full squat training last week, um, you know, and everything was all go. As I said before, we were allowed to do contact. Um, and then for the forwards, mate, we did live scrums, live live more. So it's uh, last week we started a four week preseason block. Um, yeah, that, that that heads into the first game, mate. But it's been unreal to be back. Last week the boys came in um, humming, you know, and everyone's just happy that uh, the restrictions have slowly died died down a little bit. Um, what was the go with um, all the outfits? Everyone's getting dressed up, and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think. It was mainly the backs, mate. That, that's this, this is where they come in, like the five eight Noah, Rajan. Um, McCaffrey was showing a bit of nip there. I'm sure he was. I know. I know. I know. He's um, yeah, the boys kind of follow the NFL. You know, everyone wants to try and get on the bandwagon there in the NFL <laughs> NBA, and you know how they always come in dressed up, mate. They yeah. the boys thought that they might try and do their own. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think Lockie McCaffrey was the winner there with his outfit. Yeah, exactly. 
Very good. Um, and are you guys intending to, to hold on to all that gym equipment that the Brumbies have, uh, have let you take home, man? Just like, none slowly, of we try, so slowly, slowly we tried, um, you know, but they counted the Watt bikes. It was only two returned and we had, we had five to start off with. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, no, but everyone, everyone returned the equipment, mate. <laughs> some, of the, uh, some of the running times, the fitness times that have been published out of NZ at the moment are pretty insane. People coming out of training. We heard Bowden Barrett got a 4.12, DMAC 4.22, have you yeah. just been staying quiet and humble because you've you've topped both of those guys, or what's it like? Oh, mate, as soon as I heard that one, <clears throat> I'm pretty much starting my last whole lap, mate. Before, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I try to challenge some of the fitted blokes, but yeah, I think we only. I think our fastest was four twenty. I think I'm not too sure. Ooh, pretty quick. That's lightning. <laughs> Who was that? Yeah, like that? Who was that? Yeah, like around four twenty, four thirty. But you know, Bert. Bird embarrassment is just another level. Yeah, freak. Have you um have you felt safe through this whole process? You know, getting back into training and and you're going to be playing matches against four other teams from around Australia. Do you do you feel safe with all that? You mean from a coronavirus? Coronavirus, not being scared or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. Um, mate, I've I've just been ready to go. You know, you're at the stage now where you can, um, you know, you watch the news and you um, you know, you're seeing the figures in Australia. You know, it's all. Um, you know, decreasing every, every day. If not, you know, Canberra hasn't had a um, a case in a while. So you know, like yeah. for us, we're we're just we're just waiting to be given the green light. You know, and we know that once we get ahead with those games, and if we if we come out all good there, then we know that we can keep progressing in that in in, in that case. You know, and hopefully, or oh, you know, like NZ just announced today that they allowed um, crowds from there yeah. from round one. You know, so um, I think the I think for us, you know, it's just about getting on the field. And then hopefully by the end of the rounds, you know, around finals time, we're 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 allowed to have crowds back in. And it must be uh, it must be reassuring being in Canberra, where you guys have been socially distancing and isolating from the rest of the country for hundreds of years. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. Well, I think for us, it's just lucky we're not too far away from Sydney, but we got told we're not allowed to go anywhere near Sydney. So, <laughs> and no, and and then in, in that case, no one likes coming here anyway. So you know, <laughs> natural protection. That's why our numbers are so low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I actually, I think that's pretty good. Groups of five. I, I thought it was down to groups of two or three from the start. So groups of five actually sounds all right. You know, there's enough uh, enough competition there to, to actually still track. Like motivation doesn't take too much of a dip when you can still train in groups of five. I think. But um, yeah, speaking from lots of experience here. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely think groups of five was good. You know, if you um, didn't rely on boys to do individually, you know, especially with all the tough times that was going on at Rugby Australia at the time, you know, and then it, it definitely would have been harder for the lads. Um, but, you know, to start off in groups of five was, um, you know, was a step forward. Very good. And look, you've been um, in lots of interviews uh, over the years. You've uh, professed your uh, <clears throat> affection for KFC as your fast food of choice. Um, has, can you confirm or deny has KFC intake increased or decreased over this period uh, away from uh, training every day? Yeah, it's probably stayed the same, mate, which is probably a large amount. You know, it's this, um, yeah, whenever I feel like a treat, which is most days, um, <laughs> yeah, I just make my way down to the drive through, you know. The, but the local KFC is not far at all, mate. It's like five minutes, but we still can't get Uber Eats. So, you know, oh, yeah. we, that's we, what, because our house can't get Uber Eats, mate, it, it stops me from getting that. I have to get okay. in the car, make my way, you know. That's so. true. That's... Well, you're, you're doing your part for the economy, mate. You just, you've got to keep. <laughs> exactly right, mate. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to help them stay open, mate. So the colonel should be thanking me. If, if <laughs> mate, it's, it's been a long story. Um, but 
what's your sort of road to the Brumbies, your road to the Waratahs, uh, from the Waratahs? So you, you didn't pick them as a New South Wales boy. Um, but yeah, you've you've progressed through, through the Brumbies now to a captain and into the Wallabies. Do you want to give us a little bit of information about, um, I suppose, what spurred on that move to the Brumbies? Yeah, um, Nelson, I think for me, yeah, as you mentioned, I, I grew up in Sydney um, and that's where all my junior footy was played. Um, yeah, I played at West Harbour um, as a young lad and then um, I went to Newington College, which kind of paved the way for me there. Um, it kind of like, taught me discipline um, in and around, um, you know, training, um, you know, diet requirements, even though, you know, I, you know even I just mentioned that. <laughs> you know, then. Um, but yeah, just having that balance, mate, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't serious at all before I went to Newington, you know, and it kind of just taught me what it was like um, to work hard and then the rewards you get off the back of that. Yep. Um, after Newington, I, I made the Aussie twenties. Um, and then from there, uh, had an interview with Laurie Fisher um, at the end of 2013 when they just lost the final against the Chiefs, mm. um, and then he he said that he was he, he was keen to um, you know take me down um, you know to the Brumbies and sign there. But I think the difference was is that um, you know I only got offered like an academy at at the Waratahs, and then um, you know so I think for now I got offered an EPS at, at the Brumbies and. Um, you know, for me, I couldn't turn that down. So that was probably the only difference there. Yep. Um, and then I've been here ever since, mate. You know, I think, like, this this whole culture here, um, you know, something that I really bought into in the beginning. Um, you know, we've got a lot of lads here that are from Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne. You only, you, you only have a couple that are originally from Canberra. So we've become our own family. Yep. Um, if you want to put it that way. And, um, you know, you, you're... You obviously work together every day, but then after training, it's like, oh, what are you up to? You want to go get a feed? You know, it's just little moments like that. You, if you do that consistently, mate, you just become tighter. Then if you were to live in any other state, you know, we have all your other family, um, you know, you live hours away from each other. Um, and I think that's, you know, the, the, real, the real reason to why I wanted to commit myself, um, you know, for a long period of time is just because of the culture, you know, and how much I enjoy playing my rugby here. Because I've, I really think that enjoying rugby is a huge part of, you know, to, to the reason to why you want to play well. Um, you know, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, mate, you're not going to be, um, you know, putting in the hard yards when you're meant to. So, um, yeah, and that's kind of, um, I just got an opportunity there throughout the Brumbies and then which kind of led to the Wallabies. So, um, you know, still trying to, trying to chip away, um, you know, to this day. So, you, uh, you mentioned the culture in the Brumbies. It looks like over the, well, pretty much since the game went professional, the Brumbies have been the most consistent Aussie super rugby side. Is that what you put the success they've had down to? The consistency. Or, yeah, the consistency. Yeah, yeah, you're constantly competing for that top spot in the Australian conference. Is it is it as simple as that culture or is there more to it? Yeah, I'd say um, I think the backbone to the Brumbies is the culture. You know, like you, um, you're allowed to have... You know, I wouldn't say aloud, but you you have that aligned conflict we talk about. You know, if someone needs to pull their head in, or if you need to tell someone that they need to do something better in their in in the way that they work or train or or, or train in the gym, you feel comfortable enough to do that when you're when you're close to them. Um, <clears throat> so I definitely think that having those genuine uh, relationships, um, you know, does um, you know correlate to the performances on the field. Um, you know, and I think, um, as you mentioned, mate, the, 
the Brumbies have been a successful franchise in Australia for a while, but you know, has it's been a while since we actually won a Super Rugby title. So, um, I think for us, it's kind of, you know, being here for six, seven years, it's almost, you know, it's a, it's a given to be in the finals. But, you know, you we haven't gone further than um, semi-final. We haven't gone further than the grand final in 2013. So, yeah. um, I think for us, it's just to <clears throat> having that culture is great. You're able to have those um, conversations on the side that you know that. You know, they, they won't take it to heart, but they trust you as a brother, um, you know, um, you know, receiving that information. Um, but also, I feel like um, our mindset needs to change from, you know, not, not only trying to make the finals, but winning it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, we often reference Benny Darwin, um, who talks about team cohesion. So time in the saddle together. But I think a large part of that is, as you're talking about, uh, off the field stuff. So when you're not in training, when you go and hanging out after the game, even if it's not specifically training your skills together. It's coffee just club. being together. The coffee club, exactly, I think. So, um, yeah, I guess... Um, so, you've now... 2020, Brumby's captain. It's an <coughs> enormous achievement in itself. But um, is that because, as you said, you're very, you, you really bought into the culture. You're very close to all your teammates. Uh, are you just... The, have you been the loudest one at um, in the gym telling them off when they're doing, when they're doing something wrong? Is that, a, is that part of the, the rise? What sort of captain are you? <laughs> well, mate, yeah, I kind of... I kind of thinking about that every day. Like I haven't haven't changed you know, since I like from, from from the man I was last year or, or or the year before. You know, and I think I think that's the big thing for me is that um, the reason why I've been I've been picked is just because of who I am. Um, and I think someone that's always who tries to drive standards through their actions is 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 the biggest thing. You know, for me to try and tell someone what to do, I need to be doing it myself. Um, you know, and hopefully. Um, if I do it myself, then they'll, you know, be able to see it and then just do it themselves without me actually telling them. Um, I think that's just been my my biggest growth. You know, I've only captained the, what was it, six or seven rounds that we had at the start. And then, you know, we've been on this huge break. But, um, yeah, I think for me, the learning about this role has, has been huge. But first and foremost for me is to always lead by my actions and then the words will follow after that. You know, I think, uh, sorry, it was just a, a, from a, this is a fantasy rugby perspective. I, um, I think a lot of fantasy managers were hoping um, that, uh, look, you, you play massive minutes for the Brumbies. And uh, we were thinking that, um, look, you asked to step up into captaincy just to make sure that you can choose when you come off the field. You're just like, no, no. Was that fun? Uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, is that... You, you spoke about the role of, of being a captain only six or seven weeks of Super Rugby, but you're well and truly thrown into the deep end through this whole coronavirus period, captaining a side of so many players, who do you look to? Who are the, the people in your life that are, I guess, inspirations for you and how you want to be a leader? Yeah, I think, well, I think, um, you know, for me, I've been lucky that Christian Lelifano, he's just come back from Japan, um, you know, a couple of months ago. But, mate, he's someone that um, I'll always feel comfortable to reach out to. Now, he's, um, he only lives around the corner from my house. As soon as he came back, we I went and, I went and saw him you know, just to have a conversation about everything. Um, because as you mentioned, mate, it's been uh, probably one of the hardest times for, for everyone in the world, um, you know, but if we're relating it to this conversation, like it's been a tough time for Rugby Australia, you know, and um, like the biggest goal for myself was to try and find the best ways to get the boys motivated. Like we're in a time now where a lot of boys, are, everyone is taking significant pay cuts, you know, and, you, mm-hmm. and then you're trying to think, all right, well, 
if they're taking pay cuts, how are they going to come in and enjoy this training or try and make the most out of out of training? And that's been um, <clears throat> one of the goals that I was thinking about before we had this preseason. You know, there's a conversation that you got to sit down with the coaches and and have just to try and create um, you know that enjoyment in the in the environment. But most of all, making sure that we have a schedule in place to so boys can come in and feel like they can make the most out of every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a unique situation. I think the the positives is just knowing that footy's coming back is going to be important, even though it's going to look really different this year with the um, the, the conferences playing just solely domestic competitions. Um, and new super rugby sort of law changes, things like that, are one that I think is going to be an interesting one to get your perspective on is uh, the ideas around this um, scrum clock or how we're going to change sort of scrums. I mean, as rugby purists, we love rugby. We love scrums. It's a huge part of of rugby but you do hear so often people saying there's too many resets um maybe we should have scrum clocks or, or change how that sort of stuff works how do you see that happening go, happening going forward yeah well <clears throat> that's what i was talking to you about this earlier was that um <clears throat> i feel like yeah i i i kind of like sitting on the fence with it i, I feel like once the once the scrum has been called by the ref i, I do agree that the boys need to get on their bike to to go to the scrum and and then to set it up. But in terms of their initial setup between the two teams, you've got to make sure that we we take that our, our time to do that. Not necessarily like take our time, but make sure that we're not rushing through all the all the technical habits because those are the ways that you can practice bad habits. And then you know a scrum is a situation in the game where you know you can have serious injuries. So. We've been taught as a young kid, you know, when you <clears throat> first come into the juniors, when you're allowed a scrum, you know, we've taken a lot of time to practice those safety techniques. Um, you know, so I think for us, I think definitely, um, you know, boys need to get on their bike to get to the scrum. But in terms of setting up the scrum, I feel like that, um, you know, boys need to take time there to make sure that we set it up properly so, so no, no one's injured. Something um, that um, I think hasn't been spoken too much or floated as an idea is, as you're saying, safety is important. You need that time to set up. Could it be that they get there as soon as the scrum's called, the, the clock stops, you have as much time as you need to set it like it is now, um, and the clock doesn't start until the ball's back in play. Do you think that would have a positive impact or, or how do you think that would affect the game? Yeah, I reckon that would be great, mate. But if, if, even I was thinking was like, like, do you even have two? So then, you know, do, do you have around five to ten, ten, ten seconds to get to the mark? Yeah. And then we could even like they could do dummy runs, saying how long does a does does a scrum take to get set? Like I've I've watched a few games and it, like it takes a while, mate. And, you know, yeah. and then be having two or three resets, mate. It's like five minutes of the game. Yeah. You know, people yeah. lost focus. Um, so I I definitely feel that um, setting up the scrum won't take more than ten to fifteen seconds. So so when I say that, I just mean when you get your side ready, you go props locks. Back row, you know, in that order, you make sure that you have that sequence, you know, instead of back row trying to get on the locks and then one lock goes in, the other lock goes in, then we, then we all, we're all over the place, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like if you have that set up, which will only take, mate, I, I, I think it'll only take 15 seconds max. Yeah. Um, yeah. I reckon there's definitely ways where we can speed that process up, but then also have those safety barriers as well. And then, and then, mate, with the resets, mate, I just feel like, yeah, once, once we collapse, then just you'd be able to give a short arm to the, to the um, attacking side, or if the ref knows what he's talking about, mate, then he, he will know who's who's collapsed it, you know. That, but 
that was my follow-up question. You know, we, as fans, we sometimes get the, the feeling that the ref isn't really sure which way to call it. Do you feel confident on the field that the ref is, is most of the time going to make the right decision at what you're feeling and what you think is happening in the scrum? And the touchies never speak up either. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah, they move on the wrong side. It's a loaded question, but I feel like that's the main reason watching the game that we feel they don't make a call every time the scrum goes down. Yeah, mate, and that and that's just pure because they're not sure of what's going on, you know. So they want to, they don't really want to be in that position, you know, to make a make a call which you know could affect the game. Um, yeah, so even if they have a blanket rule and saying, all right, it goes to the attacking side, but yeah, even even those rules can be manipulated by yeah. you know different teams. So I don't, I couldn't see them um, awarding that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just <clears throat> yeah, it'd be, it's it's a hard one, but I'm not sure if. All the refs know really what's going on in the scrum, but I think if we have the general feel that, mate, we just want to get the ball in and out as quick as possible, if it collapses and the board's at the back, just let it go, you know, instead of, you know, if the board's at the back and wants to reset it again. You know, there's sometimes where we can just play. Yeah, I um, think uh, we, all, all the rules, well, the scrum rules, you know, it's, I mean, the majority of the rules are set by the Northern Hemisphere rugby where they play rugby at a snail's pace and uh, they like having long scrums and long scrum resets so they can go make some tea and crumpets and whatever. Um, but I, I really like the idea of, um, yeah, everyone hustling to get to the mark. I mean, I think, you know, Eddie Jones has made some really good points about how we speed up the game or how we increase fatigue, to, which will speed up the game. Um, I think you could really do that at the line out. You know, once the ball goes out of touch, You've got like a minute, you've got 30 seconds or you've got a minute till you have to throw the ball in, um, which also makes it harder to, you know, a lot of teams now stop and then slowly walk into the line out. They're changing the calls all the time. I think that's one way you could definitely do that um, because line outs, you can rush players. Well, I think line outs, you can rush. It's a lot. There's obviously there's still player safety lifting the player up. It's only the locks though. Who cares about them? Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I think that's another way. Getting to the mark is a really good, um, for set pace is a really good point. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And I definitely feel that, that <clears throat> that's all a habit, you know, like that's stuff you build at training. Like um, the way that um, you play is the way that you've been trained, you know. So as training, if you're walking in, taking 30 seconds to set a line out, it means that that's how, you know, you're going to play on, on Saturday, you know. And then Saturday you have injuries, you know, people go down. So it actually takes longer than what you actually train. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think, yeah, for us, in terms of around the set piece, it's just trying to set it faster, you know, but, um, so we can get in that good habit. Because if anything, if you've been to told to slow down, it's better than being told to be sped up and you don't have, and you're not conditioned to do it. So, yeah, that's what we've been applying at training. <clears throat> so, uh, Alan, if you could change one rule, other than scrums, other than the scrums that we've just discussed in depth, what would it be? If you've got any, any um, <laughs> it's probably the one I read, probably the, the one I read the other day. Because <clears throat> not until you actually think about it, but um, I think it's the one where you can't mark in the twenty-two. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, I, re I really like that one. Like, um, yeah, because then obviously, like, uh, oh, we're cutting out a bit here. We're losing you there. Yeah, I think there's definitely some positives of doing that. And when you, you're kicking the ball down deep, and you've got um. You've got the defensive side getting the ball, then I think you're going to have to keep defenders back. There's going to be more space. There's going to be more time there. So I, I think there's positives. So what, got, what, got what were that. your idea, ideas? Why did you like that? That is a, a new rule. Yeah, well, just so that the game could keep flowing. Yeah. You know, um, 
Yeah, but don't get me wrong, mate. When they call a mark, I'm telling them, mate, don't kick it yet. I'm walking back. <laughs> I, I thought for sure it was going to be... I thought it for sure it was going to be because you really backed yourself for the chip chase. <laughs> yeah, I'm at, the the back catching them. I'm at the back there catching them, calling the marks. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I reckon in terms of um, fans watching it, man, I reckon they'll love that rule. You know, And then all they want to see is the game continue to flow and I think that's a part of the game that can help that. You know, and, um, <clears throat> so I, I think that they're building on that call. I'm not sure where, yeah. where, where they're at. Um, <clears throat> What do you um? What do you think about the the new fifty twenty two rule? So, at, at first, I don't think I really like the idea of it. So, you're kicking from your own fifty into the twenty two for the people that don't know, you can get the line out back. But I suppose the positives again is is a similar idea that you're just trying to create more space, more fatigue. You've got your wingers having to potentially drop back, things like that. So you've got more space in that that defensive line. Do, do you like the idea of that? Yeah. Well, if you're if you've got a cool kicker that can put it down there, mate, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, be, I'll be happy to, um, <laughs> you know, go, go forward with that rule. Um, but, yeah, mate, I just for, – for me, I'm just open to any ideas. Like, yeah. I think for me, we were just trying to copy the 40-20 rule there, and I think yeah. – <laughs> uh, right. the, the Brumbies will be the, much more to that. Like, the chief supporters of that rule, mate. They line out more 10 out, you know what I mean? They line out more 20 out, doesn't matter. Like, as long as it's in that 22, they'll line out more all the way in. We're going in. It'll yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, like – yeah, for me, mate, I'm 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 open to that. You know, <laughs> I see that working. Um, you know, but yeah, as you said, Nels, like we we're, we're gonna have to, um, you know, change out the feds up. You know, does you know do the wingers go back? Um, you know, and 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 cover that space early, which then, as you said, will allow um space down the edge. You know, so those are all things that we'd have to consider. Um, but yeah, do you think that'll be challenging going from? That that law change most of all, but you know the the other couple of small changes as well, and then going back into you know potential test matches with the old laws against New Zealand, is that going to change a lot, or is it going to be a hard change for the outside backs to to get used to their positioning again? Yeah, well, well that was definitely the argument from in terms of us players. Um, you know, like we know we we wouldn't want to be um, practicing bad habits at, at Super Rugby. Yeah. That hurt the test, yeah. And then you took the way it was, you know. As you mentioned, um, as you mentioned, like the UK teams, man, they 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 take ages to pack the set piece, you know. And here we are trying to run to the different set pieces and set it up, um, you know. And then you play test level, then everything's gone out the window again. So it's yeah, yeah. Um, those as players, um, you know, those are the things that we put forward, um, you know, to the people in charge to make sure that. They didn't that that we were all aligned somehow. You know, if you were going to change the rules and only change, you know, like maybe two or three that wouldn't really affect us or affect the boys who were going to go and represent Australia at, at, at the yeah. test level. But I definitely feel like yeah, like wingers would have to adjust if they brought in that rule. Um, you know, and then do they create that bad habit? Then so then when they come play test level, they're too far back where they should be up in the line. You know, just do just like little things like that. Makes a lot of sense. Um, while we're still chatting about rugby and law changes, Super Rugby, what do you think the the future holds for Super Rugby? Do you, do you like the idea of a trans-Tasman competition or, or would you like to see a domestic comp so we can have complete autonomy of the competition in Australia and rugby in Australia and, and, and moving forward in, in that sort of shape? Yeah. Is, is um, that something the boys talk about out of interest? Yeah, like the uncertainty. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, from being in most conversations, um, you know, Trans-Tasman Comp is definitely 
you, you know, the, the, the most favourable, you know. So it's, um, I definitely feel like we need to have New Zealand in there um, in terms of, for us, um, you know, plays to grow, um, you know. So, um, yeah, but I definitely feel that a trans-Tasman comp is, is, is the way forward, you know, if there's any way that we could get that um, going next week. I, th- I feel like that's going to attract, um, you know, more, 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 more followers, um, you know, I think we'll get a lot more people on board than if it was just a domestic comp. Yeah. There's, um, there's been a lot of talk um, from New Zealand having the thought that they, they think they want to back themselves and have just a New Zealand comp or, or that sort of shape maybe more than that trans-Tasman. And there's been the thought that maybe Australia can have one team or two teams. Would, would you still back that idea if they were saying New Zealand's going to have five, six teams, Australia can have two teams in the competition? Do you think we're better to consolidate into two teams and, and take ourselves over there, or would we be better to try and then go go on a different sort of path? Yeah, I think we'd be better, um, mate, just to stay the way we are. You know, it's um, you know because I feel like we've already we we try to play without the force and we lost that whole yeah. state in Perth. You know, and I think for me the biggest thing was going back there, and playing against New Zealand and seeing the amount of talent there, you know, the, yeah. it was a sold out Optus Stadium, which was, you know, probably like 80,000, 80, 80, you know, the, yeah. the support there is crazy. Mm. Um, yeah, and for me then it was a real eye-opener thinking, like, why, why would we close rugby there? Which obviously people yeah. who are in charge made, um, are making all those decisions. Um, but I feel like um, the way to grow the game in Australia might is to have, you know, all, all, all our states that are playing at the moment in that Trans-Tasman comp, you know, that's the only way we can grow the game as a whole um, instead of trying to close, you know, the door in one state, um, you know, and then do, they, they only have access to AFL or league, which is already pumping in this country. You know, so we all agree. feel like for us to grow in the grassroots, mate, they need to aspire to play at their state level first. You know, if we close that door on them, then they don't have that avenue to play, you know, for the Wallabies, so... Um, yeah. Definitely, for that yeah. Allowing all, every allowing everyone to be in that comp will be the way forward. Yeah, it's, for a, us. it's a matter of opportunity as well, right? I mean, if we start to knock out another twenty five percent of the opportunity for rugby players in Australia, there's more likelihood we're going to lose them to league, we're going to lose them overseas, and, and things like that as well. So, without yeah. spreading ourselves too thin, we need to offer those opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, I think opportunity is a big thing, mate, because we're already losing them to AFL and league. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, I think we need to provide opportunity. But I've, first and foremost, man, I think if we win at the top, you know that that you know starts to filter down. You know, so in terms of a player who's in that who's um, yeah, gets that opportunity to do that, that's definitely a driving force. Yeah. Speaking of um, opportunity, I don't know if you've read. There's been a bit of talk maybe in the last twenty four hours. Um, a kid from I think it was Kings, Joseph Saoli. Mm-hmm. Um, He's played at King's first grade since he was 14, first 15 since he was 14. Uh, he was cross-code, plays league, plays union, and it is set to be signed for the Rabbitohs for four years for 500 grand a year from his 17th birthday. And Australia really going down the tack that it's an international sport. If you yourself had to sell it to him as an international rugby player, why to go down that rugby pathway? How do you think you'd sell it to him? Would it be along that, the, the international side of it? Yeah, instead of rugby league. Instead of rugby league, yeah. Yeah, instead of rugby league, yeah. You definitely, um, you know, saw the point that like rugby allows you, oh, it, well, it did, you know, so this is the other argument, mm-hmm. was that, you know, rugby did allow us to travel the world, you know, you get to verse, um, you know, different countries of the world, um, <clears throat> you know, with huge 
expand bands overseas. Um, you know, obviously, whereas league um, is only Australia based, um, you know, on the, or they get to go and play the Warriors. You know, and the international game is not as big as ours. Yeah. Um, so there's so that is definitely a selling point. Um, you know, for that kid. Um, but in terms of that deal, mate, is crazy. You know, and obviously, yeah. like, if he did, if he was sitting on the fence, like this, this deal when you're that age, yeah, he's obviously going to be there. You know, so. Um, <clears throat> I think it really that for a kid that age will will really come down to like his family, you know, their their, their families, the way that they've been brought up. You know, if they were, um, if their parents really love rugby and try to push him towards rugby more so than league, I, I feel like that's the way that he'll get his, um, yep. you know, the foot in the door there. Um, yep. But it's, in terms of competing with that, mate, it's 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 pretty hard. Yeah, for sure. So your advice is to try and uh, start. Trading some sneaky deals with the mother and the mother and father. Well, if they're starting at seventeen, mate, you need to go fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. That's it. But yeah, I just read that this morning. Like, wow, and I was I don't know. I was still I was still in fat club in, in at, at, and you're <laughs> at seventeen. I didn't get one offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Um, all right. Well, speaking of Super Rugby, um, so I guess this. Domestic competition or rugby, what's it called? Super rugby AU. AU. Super rugby AU. Uh, because it, I guess, are the, the Australian Super Rugby clubs taking this competition as seriously as they would Super Rugby in in its whole form with South Africa and New, and New Zealand? Um, and what I mean by that more specifically is obviously everyone's raring to go and get back into it, and we've lost a lot of weeks we could have been playing rugby, and lots of weeks that. Uh, selectors could be watching to get the higher honours and whatnot. But at the same time, um, over the last few years, we've seen increased resting of players, you know, for their international duties and things like that. So what, what we're interested in is, are the Australian Super Rugby clubs taking this just as seriously as they would? Or do you, could we expect to see more of our Wallabies rested uh, or rotated than we would, than we had already been in Super Rugby? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um... You know, firstly, yeah, I can't really speak on the other you know, Super Rugby, but in terms of us, I mean, like that's the mindset that you know we got. We we're, we're trying to drive early on. You know, it's the fact that all right, well, obviously our first goals were to win the Super Rugby, um, you know, but that's not available anymore. You know, you can't live in the past and see like, oh, well, it's not our fault that that happened. And you can blame COVID, but for us now, it's just to plan, you know, to win the next comp. You know, whether that's um, only in Australia or, you know, obviously it's only going to be in Australia. Um, you know, so if that's the only thing that we can win this year. So I think for us as at, at the Brumby, it's definitely that mindset of, you know, you're doing everything you can with all this, with, with the situation that we are in, um, you know, to win this comp. You know, that's just, that's just the natural competitiveness in, in everyone, you know. And um, <clears throat> as you mentioned, mate, it is a tough time though, you know, so... It's definitely a, a balance, you know, throughout it all. And as as a leader, you know, you're um, constantly thinking of the boys, you know, making sure, you know, like what 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 are the best ways to get everyone humming, you know, to achieve that one goal, you know. And um, yeah. I can definitely yeah. tell by the boys, you know, the way that the boys are ripping in, um, you know, in this preseason. Some haven't done preseason in years, you know. So mm. um, I can definitely tell by, by by the vibe, you know, that everyone's keen. Um, not only just to participate, you know, but but you know to win this next comp. Um, in terms of the resting period, mate, I 
Um, I don't think any internationals will be rested. Um, mm. First thing, it's, it's hard, you know, because we don't even know what we're going to be resting for because we're <laughs> unsure of um, if there's any international games at the end, you know. So yeah. um, the only chat that I've, um, I've been reading my is that they, if they open up the trans Tasman bubble, then that would open up an opportunity to do the better slow. Um, yeah. you know, but I couldn't see the, the, the better slow is only four, four games, you know, so I couldn't see players resting, um, you know, to participate in that. But I'm saying that with less international games, mate, you could see more international players, you know, representing their clubs, you know, the, the Super Rugby team is only, I mean, this Super Rugby comp only goes for 10 to 12 weeks, 12 yeah. or 13 weeks if you make the finals. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're only playing four games in the Bledisloe, then that, that window might be later in the year, which yeah. then allows boys to go back to their, you know, to their clubs, whether it's Shoot Shield or John Aden Cup here in Canberra. Um, you know, it's those games that boys haven't played in ages, you know, so mm. um, hopefully by then we'll allow, we'll, we'll We'll be allowed to have our communities and our crowds there at those club games, you know, because I'm I'm sure that a lot of parents and um, fans of those clubs would love to see their boys come back and you know play for their club again. Yeah, for sure. I think I got I got lost in half of that question. I guess apart from um, the resting of players, and you made some great points for that. Um, also, I guess with a, a new coach and a whole you know a bit of a new setup in rugby Australia, a lot of change. Um, you know, we could use the um, Super Rugby AU as an opportunity to get a lot more new players in there, get them more game time to have a look at them. So, um, yeah, it's just, I think maybe I've just scarred from last year. I had you in my fantasy team, Alan, you crushed it. But um, I was living in fear that, uh, you know, they said they were going to rest uh, all the Wallabies, the Brumbies said uh, by the end of the season. So every week I was like, they're going to rest you this week. But uh, you just kept playing. I love that. So that was great. But, um, <laughs> yeah, sweet, bro. Who, Alan, uh, who do you think, who, who's impressed you the most of some of these young guys, that next generation coming through? I suppose it's a bit of an interesting one. Things are a little bit different at the moment, so it's probably a, a tough one, but who interests you the most? In just our team or in any... Your team. We'll start, we'll start rubbing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, um, you know, from our side, I think definitely Noel Olusio. Um, yeah. He was someone that had to come in and fill, you know, some some big boots there. Um, but uh, I think the way that I watched him train throughout January, you know, he was, he was very confident in his role. Um, you know, and that doing that at training, mate, is only so much, you know, there's a, mm. you know, that sayings that everyone can train, you know, well, but it really comes down to how you, how, how, how you play under the lights, you know, and yep. uh, mate, he was, he was unreal for us, you know, for yeah, those, unbelievable. Uh, First, first six or seven games, mate. He lived up to the expectation. Um, I think he, I think he went past some expectation. You know, some, some. I think, I think he did better than what people thought that he would. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think he's, yeah, he's the way he was playing, mate. He's very mature for his age, you know. So, um, I, that's why I'm excited about was, you know, the more momentum he could build, mate. He could have been unreal, you know. So, yeah, I think it's just a chat that we're having with him at the moment is that you know you just start throughout these four weeks and then just continue to build on that again, you know, but if anything, you should get, gain a lot of confidence to yeah. whether you're playing at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, sure. so I think him, yeah, definitely, you know, coming in, you know, you're saying, oh, Christian's gone, you know, we need a 10, we're going to rely on this kid who's only 20, you know, like what, um, you know, already writing him off and, you know, you know, only some players might don't care about the media, but when you're young, 
that you're probably reading that most most days, you know. And yeah. Um, yeah, for him to come out and just be consistent, um, you know, throughout those games, mate, was huge and definitely a lot of approval from the coaching staff. Yeah, he definitely impressed a lot of people. He, he was so composed. It's yeah. like he was Christian Liliathano, but like at 20, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest thing, you know, when you just, obviously, he's the 5A, you ask him to, you know, for the play calls throughout the throughout the game. And just, as you mentioned, man, how composed he was was and how calm he was in, in, in big um, situations of the game. And it was huge, um, you know, and he's definitely, he should take a lot of confidence from that. So uh, going down this line of just quizzing you on your, your fellow teammates, who's the hardest worker in the Brumbies? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, after me. Apart from yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hardest worker? Um, if you can pick one. <laughs> there's quite a few of them. Um, how, about, how about we'll move on. That's, if, that's, if that's too tough, who's the hardest hitter? Yeah. Who do you least training. like to be tackled by? <laughs> uh, no I'd have to say Solomon Ekata. He's, uh, he's, yeah. he's a brick wall. And, you know, he's, I don't know, it's one of those personas about him where, well, the Wallabies came back, you know, and he's, uh, he has a little chip on his shoulder. He's obviously played league and he wanted to gain his respect, you know, so he was out for the Wallabies. I could just tell him. He never said that he was. A, I hit him up about it after. I was like, mate, why are you trying to take my head off? <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, docs. But yeah, I can remember this one training session. He he's obviously a winger, but he was in the middle of the field, and he just, yeah. came, he just came out of the line speed and just did the whole, you know, the whole. <laughs> oh, you got me, bro. You got me. Um, I would say him, and then Rob Valentini. Man, he's yeah. a, he's a man. He's a brick wall too, mate. He's uh, I don't think he knows how strong he is. Man, he's, yeah. but he's a beast. Man. He's a beast, and he's only twenty one. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah, as as uh, just my competitive self, you know, you just want to keep running into them and you know, try and try and challenge them, especially Robbie, mate, because he's being so young. Yeah. I can't let him dominate me, but he normally <laughs> wins. He normally wins those collisions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate, those those two will be the hardest hitters in the team, I reckon. That's for sure. We um, we've put a few questions out. I've seen who was keen for some questions, and there's a group called Fantasy Rugby TV. Um, and one of the guys on there named Bob, he said that he's the uh, unofficial chairman of the unofficial Ira Simone fan club. <laughs> and uh, he's yeah, questioned yeah. you, first of all, a little bit for Ira Simone, but uh, we, we were interested in, he was saying, what do you think about the eligibility regulations with, say, Pacific Islanders and things like that being captured by countries after three years or, or soon to be five years and not being able to go back and play for Tonga, Samoa, Fiji and in their home nations. Yeah, mate. Well, for my honest opinion, mate, I think that's a rule that world rugby should really consider, you know, and um, you just got to take a leaf out of league's book. You know, if you don't make the T1 nation, then, um, you know, for, for me, you should allow them to, to go play for, you know, their heritage, you know, whether it's Samoa, Tonga, um, you know, yep. any other country that they're from. Yeah. Because I feel like that's, um, you know, one of the best ways to, build the game globally, you know, especially coming from a Pacific Island background. Um, you know, to have that opportunity where, you know, well, I'm always going to choose Australia first. Um, but, you know, to have that opportunity, well, if you didn't make it, you know, you could actually go and represent some more, you know. And, um, give back. You know, maybe, yeah, mate, it, it just give back to your country, you know, the 
country of birth for my parents. Um, you know, and <clears throat> I think because they, first and foremost, you know, made huge sacrifices to come to Australia for myself and my brother to live, you know, a better life, you know, and, uh, um, yeah, so I think for me, like, that would be huge, you know, definitely a, um, a rule that World Rugby should consider, but I think it would take a few years, um, you know, to happen if they did choose, um, you know, to go down that, that road. But in terms of, even at the moment, mate, I think they'd prefer maybe, if you haven't played for Australia in three or four years, mate, they should consider it definitely. Or if you've only played for Australia for one cap or in or NZ for one or if... I reckon less than five games, mate, you should be able to play or represent that country. That, uh, I agree. The full like year. A, to Keely Nairaboro, it's played one cup. Yeah, Charles Piatau as well. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, what, what an opportunity it would be after you, after you are eventually done in, with the Wallabies, I'm saying in 15 or so years' time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you could go back and play with your brother for Samoa as well, it would be, it'd be an awesome opportunity to play for a country where your, your dad obviously played as well. Yeah, my dad would be really special. And I think... Um, I think you you saw that when um, you know my brother represented Samoa against the Wallabies. He his debut last year, and all the family came out. Like no one, or if, a little bit comes out for you know my my, my games, but then there's a lot of family that came out. <laughs> uh, yeah, for that game, you know a lot of the family came out of the woodworks. Um, <clears throat> but mate, it was really special, you know, and um, I think that's why it was special for my brother because he. Yeah. Um, because he knew, you know, we 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 grew up watching uh, my my old man playing for Montessori more, you know, like the videotapes. Mm. My dad used to have a big head and play it at home, you know. And just yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is what I was doing around the world, um, you know. And then to see my brother in that jersey, you know, it's really special, you know, just because that's the way that we were brought up, um, you know. All all we knew was um, it was that our old man played for Montessori more, and hopefully one day we could represent, you know, our our, our country. And I'm just happy that my brother got to do that yeah yeah awesome now um look we uh i mean we would love to sit here and talk to alan all day um but uh we're we're mindful of time and so we're going to try and wrap it up we're we've been trying to come up with five standard kind of questions that we would ask um all of our player uh, guests uh, hopefully loads to come in the future um on the podcast about um, fantasy footy about fantasy footy and so i guess the first question look you mentioned and we know a lot of the boys are into other sports like their NFL and their um, NBA and whatnot. Um, have you any? Have you played any fantasy sports, or are there anyone in in the club in the Brumbies that get into any fantasy sports? I don't know. Is Tom Wright? Tom Wright does fantasy for um, NRL. But okay, that's the first I heard of it, mate. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't know what the what the fantasy was. Um, but yeah, he. Oh, we lost Alan for a second. He was cheering with how the boys play. Like I was like, you need them to score a try. Like, nah, even if he sets it up, that's a few points, mate. Little win for me. I'm like, I don't get how it works, you know. Um, but he, he'd be the only one. He'd be, he'd be the only one. But I'm sure there's a few boys out there. There's a few of us that we're all in a tipping comp for 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 the NRL. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But there, yeah. But in terms of like, Tom, Tom Wright's pretty hard in his NRL. So he's he's in a few comps, mate. It's, it's pretty serious stuff, man. Like <laughs> I reckon we would know your stats. Close to the staff at, Bur- at Brumbies, right? Like, oh, we, we, we want to yeah, know one like Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we know for facts that we know more stats than the Waratah staff because we've said <laughs> often that they don't exist. But um, yeah. <laughs> no. I should text you for the game, man, and be like, "All right, how did I go?" <laughs> mate, we'll, I, we'll know. You should, be honest, you should be honest with me too, mate. Be like, "Look, mate, I need a bit more from you." Like, yeah, oh. sweet. <laughs> 
I, I've been tempted, and I think I may have messaged you a few times in the game. Who's starting this week that we wouldn't know? Or <laughs> we had a few players, but um, that's it, mate. We're all sitting there, you know, you're grinding your, your teeth, waiting for the, the player, the team lineups to come out to see if your players are playing. It's a uh, so you have to put out a team before, like before Thursday. So our announcements on Thursday, I'm pretty sure it is, or Wednesday, end of Wednesday. We we finalise a squad by Thursday night, and then we select a team before kickoff from the squad that we got. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So if there's a late change, then it can stop us. So we, we bluffed our way into some of the um, uh, the mailing lists. Like we're on the Bulls, the Stormers, a few of their media lists. We get the email when they, as soon as they're releasing their teams early. Like we, we do anything we can to get these lineups as soon as. Oh, <laughs> as yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so you know a bit of detail about like a lot a lot of the players. Oh, yeah. Yeah, every, every player in Super Rugby. Rugby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, every player in Super Rugby, pretty much. No, this information takes up most of my brain uh, on any given way. <laughs> it isn't big. And it's not big, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, that would be harder than league. Yeah, sure. yeah, much harder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's much le- better. Leagues, <laughs> checkers versus chess, mate. It's not complex. <laughs> um, so, question two. Who do you think topped fantasy uh, for props in Super Rugby in 2019? So, out of all the props in the competition, who do you think was number one? Who was the um, best? Basically, statistically, and we count everything. We count run meters. We count missed tackles, tackles, missed tackles, tries, everything. Quick lineouts, mate. If you throw a quick lineout, you get a point, Alan. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll write that down. I'll definitely write that. What, what about a cross-field kick? I've got that. Ah, in you don't get anything. No, the kick doesn't get anything unless <laughs> it directly impacts the player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. I want to take a stab here, mate. What about Steve Kitsoff? Ooh, he was up there. I think he was uh, fourth. I think he was fourth. Well, should we tell Alan where well, he was first? Yeah, mate. Well, yeah, yeah. So on averages and total points, Alan, you were number two in 2019 for the oh, Props. Yo. How good? We, uh, the, the top point scorer last year was Lizzo Gaboka. Just oh, had, he's a loose head. He's a amazing loose head. He had a ripper year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For the Bulls. Yeah. 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 He didn't get picked for the Springbok City. He was in the squad. He, he was the third. Yeah. He was the third. Um, yeah. 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 Didn't get oh, it's hard. Point. They had beast, beast oh. kids off. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's, that's rough. And yeah. just, just on uh, fantasy scoring as well, we're always big fans of players that don't pass the ball <laughs> <laughs> because you get a lot more points running it yourself. So yeah. One tip for you as a fantasy manager, do not pass the <laughs> yeah, ball. Don't ever. pass the ball. Oh, you're okay. Offloads are okay. I'm a huge fan of the dummy and go. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Mate, and just, if I pick you and my team, can you just have a little chat to Falao Fainga? He's getting a lot of tries off the back of driving more. If yeah. he could just move over and let you go at the back and I'm let you get told those him, mate, if I get if I, if I pull around, then you yeah. have to give it to me because I need to get on the board, mate. I've struggled. You that, mate. I always struggle. Mate, you're the mate, he, he's you're carrying on with that bloke, man. He's carrying on. He's like, he's <laughs> my score. I was like, mate, you get tries for doing nothing. Mate, <laughs> yeah, I've done all the work up front, and you're just exactly. glorified. Exactly. Exactly. All right, exactly. third, third question for you. We always do a draft to select a team, right? So obviously, the top couple of scoring players are always picked pretty quickly. Out of your squad of Brumbies players, if you guys had your own fantasy footy competition. Who's the guy that would pick himself as the first pick in the competition? The biggest oh, ego. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely um, 
Lau, like for Lau Fainga. It's not a bad thing. He carries on a bit. Like, he carries on a bit. <laughs> it's definitely him. If, and then who will follow him will be Tom Banks. <laughs> Wait, well, that's very believable. They're, well. the, they're the two top, top try scorers, top forward and no, top, no, Kelloway. Ah, oh, sorry. Yeah, Falafa Inga was the top forward try scorer, and the bloke oh, didn't play the last no, three rounds. You don't need to tell Alan that again. Okay, he's heard of it. Yeah, terrible. Um, all right. Well, in our, so our question four is. Um, oh, wait, is that what we just did? No. Who, wait. Oh, so who, hold on. He gets he gets point for scoring at the back of a moor. Is that what we're saying here? Yeah. It's, you, it's, tries a try. Doesn't matter how you score it. Hey, you need try. to send an email, mate, to this fantasy and say, mate, that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> People score from the back of the moor, mate. Don't do anything. So just, <laughs> well, I shouldn't get any points for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No. All right. So this question, question four, um, it's. If, if you could pick, this is, I guess, if you could pick, uh, if you had to pick another prop other than yourself, um, who would you pick? Uh, who's, who's the top form prop that you would pick that you'd want in your fantasy team? Yes. Um, all right, what about two? What about Lucid and a tight end? I'll probably go James Slipper. But it'd be hard because he's, you know, he plays what? Just the most time. And then he, if he's rotated out, then he will play thirty. So I don't know how that would work for you. It probably won't work. But yeah. he comes, he comes in, and the game's way, and he's effective. You know, he's his scoring rate is huge. So if Sio doesn't play, he scores big points. But obviously, like you said, he just doesn't put consistent enough minutes. I know, yeah, I know. Without, yeah, competition with Sio. Another one who will play big minutes would be Daniela Tupo. He'd, mm. he'd be, he'd be big. He'd he's be been big. big minutes this year. Probably Kagi's favorite he, player he's in the world. Pretty much my favorite <laughs> player. He makes it into my yeah. fantasy team every year. So. <laughs> But yeah, he's every game that I was watching, mate, he was playing like average seventy. You know, he was pushing yeah. the eighty minute mark most games. So in terms of fantasy, like that he like obviously you're gonna get more points if you're on there the longest. Yeah, so. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the fifth question, I, we had a little bit of chat about this before. So when draft rugby becomes massive, because we've had Alan Alato on the on the pod. So this week. Yeah. So later this week, <laughs> when we have enough money, if we could do a pick me this ad for fantasy footy, what would your pick me ad be? So have you seen the NFL uh, videos of guys yeah, catching yeah. balls from behind the back? And what would yours be? Well, mate, I was thinking about this before. Well, mine, <laughs> well, mine would just be a, have to be just a chip and chase, mate. But no. <laughs> Having the ball behind my back, mate, and just putting it over, unexpected, tight end prop going through under the sticks, mate. That's I like just it. what I, I like. It. Well, Very good. When we've got the money, we'll hit you up. We'll make it work. Yeah, yeah 100%. We might 100%. even drive to Canberra for it. It's a, no, nah, nah, you can come <laughs> to Sydney. It's too cold now. It's too cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, perfect. All right. Well, I think, look, that's, um, those are our five questions. Do we, do we have time? The last question that we wanted to ask you is not a fantasy question. I think we might have skipped over it earlier. was just, who is the toughest opponent that you've ever like played against but in terms of scrummaged against who's the who's the loose head who's given you the most grief in the scrums both internationally and in super rugby so it can be anywhere it can be even club level if you want but um who, yeah. who's the loose head that you have had the toughest time against um i think mate there's been a few like there's been a few games where i've just been doing my head shoved up my ass you know just um yeah but yeah you probably couldn't go past um you know, Joe Moody, he's yeah. okay. he's obviously experienced Lucid, um, you know, regular starter for the All Blacks. Um, you know, he's obviously in a good program there, the Crusaders. Um, but yeah, he's definitely someone that um who's really strong. You know, you can put him in a 
in an um, awkward situation and he would still be able to work his way out of it, you know. And um, <clears throat> him and Michael Vunipola are probably, yep. um, yeah, the two strongest I've gone up against, mate. And then nearly every South African team is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just got to build yourself up mentally for those games, mate. You know, like, you just got to have a moment. I think that's why the scrum clocks go over, mate, because you just spend two minutes trying to mentally talk to yourself. You've got to be one of those blackout scrums, mate. You just need to hold your breath for 20 seconds. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your time um, and for making the time. I, I know I'm sorry for mucking you around a bit. We we find it uh, hard, difficult ourselves at the, to, to find the time we can get together and do a pod. But um, no, look, we're, we're absolutely so thankful for you for giving up your time and, um, and, and talking to us. And, and we're so excited for Super Rugby to come. And uh, look, don't want to put any expectation on it, but we think it'd be pretty difficult for the Brumbies not to, to, to win Super Rugby RU at this point. <laughs> Yeah, mate. Well, that's what I said before, mate. That's what we're aiming for, you know, and you can't sell yourself short. So, um, everything in the capital, mate, we're just doing everything we can to do that. And hopefully, mate, we just get the green light from the broadcast deal for us to have that comp because at the moment, that's what we're all waiting for. So, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for having me, lads, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks mate. mate. Good to talk. Thanks so much, Alan. Cheers. Best yeah. of luck in the season. Imagine. See you, mate. Yeah. yeah. Big and strong, Davis. O'Brien finishes it. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Me, oh my. I have enjoyed that, yes boy.